Welcome to Latter-day Bridge Builders. I'm your host, Mitch. On today's episode, Garrett, our other host, and I discuss some reasons why we believe people leave or become less active in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and why they may be valid in doing so. If you've not yet listened to our introduction episode, we would encourage you to go back and hear our thoughts there before tuning into this or any other episodes. In that introduction, we share some ground rules we have for ourselves, as well as what our overarching goals and thesis are for this podcast. We are not experts on religion, theology, or Mormonism. Any views expressed herein belong to those who made the statement, and do not necessarily reflect the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or its membership. So let's get into it. Today's episode is um, why people leave the church, at least some reasons that we think, and are they valid in doing so? Kind of the antithesis of our first episode with why people stay in the church and are they valid in doing so, right? Right. And just kind of to reiterate from the first episode, you know, this, the purpose of these two episodes going together, we're hoping that, you know, wherever you stand, you might be able to find an opposing view that you could agree with or at least acknowledge is valid. Exactly. Our intent is not to try to drive anyone in one direction, whether it be into the church or out of the church. We just want to present this in a as unbiased as we can way. Um, I think it is helpful or we should mention that both of us are more on the X side of Mormonism, like right. to varying degrees. Right. Sure. Um, but just kind of like a disclaimer, I know that might turn some people off, like some true believing members just hearing that they're like, well, I don't want to hear these guys. And I would just invite you, like, give us a listen. If you're starting to hear something that you don't agree with, you can always turn us off. Like very true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's very easy. And president Nelson actually mentioned this in a social media post this week. Um, like don't get your information from unbelieving men and women is I think what he said. And I kind of was like, like, I understand what he's saying, you know, mm-hmm. but it's a very blanket statement to just kind of be like, don't listen to the other side, like at all, in my opinion. And I think when it comes to politics, when it comes to anything else, we like to hear other sides, right? Like we can fully recognize when people are you know, listening to one certain news group or anything like that. And it's like, okay, like obviously Mm -hmm. they're getting biased information and stuff. So I would just kind of like make the argument, like if your whole life you've only ever listened to the church's side, maybe it's okay to give a listen to someone from the other side. And with that being said, like, I'm not, we're not going to be talking about specific like church history things. Um, We want to keep this very respectful. It really is just conversation right and like you know at the very least i i think you know like i i could agree with president nelson in one in one respect where you know don't don't get don't obtain misinformation Mm -hmm. on church stances on things on church doctrine from outside sources um that's fine you know that makes sense to me but 
you know, willing to hear somebody out who's different than you and has different opinions than you. Yeah, I think that that's a skill that we should all as humans have, you know, definitely. And, that, and I think that's what we're all about here. You know, right. we're trying to spin different angles on different perspectives, not necessarily dig into facts about things. Yeah, exactly. Um, opinions. Yeah, this is all our opinions. And I, yeah, I love what you said. Just like I'm just thinking about this bridge, bridge building theme that we have with our whole podcast. Like it takes two sides to meet in the middle. You know, mm-hmm. like it'd be very difficult to build a bridge starting from one side and going directly other to the other side you know what i mean right but if you started on both sides and met in the middle it would build that bridge and so to any sorry in my microphone <laughs> um <laughs> yeah to any members who may feel just like turned off from the fact that we are coming from the other side a little bit um listen to our first episode feel like that i feel like that's gonna have the same vibe kind of with today just yeah on the opposite side a little bit so anyway i don't want to hound that any more than we need to right um So let's just get into it. Okay. So some reasons why people leave the church. What let's talk about cognitive dissonance. I think that's that's a big kind of like big word, big phrase, you know, I didn't know exactly what it meant for a long time. Do you, you want to explain it? Yeah. I mean, as far as I understand it, you'll have to correct me if I'm not right on with the definition, but yeah. So cognitive dissonance for me, and this is, this is personal for me too, because this was a big struggle for me being in the church for a while. And we can talk about that later, but yeah, cognitive dissonance for me is this idea that you believe a certain way, but you choose to act differently than how you believe. Um, or you sort of go along with things that are different than how you believe. That's kind of how I explain it to myself in simple terms, you know, like for example, like (laughs) There's a, there's a lot of things as a nuanced member when, when I was more of a nuanced member attending the church, not believing a lot of things literally, but being able to get on to get on board with very uh, abstract ideas, um, a lot of Christ-like principles like service, you know, serving your fellow men, uh, doing good to others, those kind of things. You know, I, I could always go along with that and all the activities that that came from that standpoint, then, yeah, you know. But then things more like this is the only true church. There are, you know, other other churches have some truth, but they don't have the entire truth. Kind of like this, this alluding to we're better than them um, kind of mindset. I, I couldn't quite totally get on board. And so that would maybe affect my ability to do missionary work in the same way as someone else might. If that makes sense. That's just one example. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. What are your, what's your take on that? No, like, I think that's a great example of just like your beliefs and your actions don't line up. Right. And from what I've heard, like cognitive dissonance is like, for example, like a smoker, like they're smoking. They know that smoking isn't good for them. Mm-hmm. It's easier for them to change their thinking or their beliefs about smoking than it is to actually change the behavior itself. Right. Right. And this can go in like all sorts of different ways. So that's it's easier for the smoker to justify or say, like, you know, like smoking isn't that bad, like change the beliefs about the subject rather than the behaviors, if that makes sense. Right. And this can go in like all different ways. So, like, let's try to turn it more into the church a little bit. Like. um, You could argue like testimony is cognitive dissonance in a way. Or at least right, like saying way. I know versus yeah. I believe. 
That's that's a really good point to bring up because I I remember a point when I started saying things like I believe Mm -hmm. in talks that the bishop would ask me to give or I want to believe, you know, and I don't think that those phrases are welcomed as much in the church, maybe perhaps uh, at least when I was active, you know, sure. If you don't know it, that's okay. but you need to you need to know it. You know, you, yeah. you need to build that testimony. Yeah, I think it's I want to say it's not welcome in the church. I would say it's more not the norm, if that makes sense. Sure. Like you might get some funny looks. Yeah. Like. Like, oh, he's several months. Ago, testimony. Yeah. <laughs> several months ago, I was feeling like pretty good about the church in a lot of ways. And I was I got up and bore my testimony for the first time since having my going through my faith journey, faith crisis. And I did say, like, I don't know, but I do believe in certain things, you know, and I felt like I was being honest about that. And it felt really empowering, honestly. Um, Yeah. Like that, that cognitive dissonance for a minute was not there anymore. Yeah. You you were aligned action and belief. Exactly. Right. Um, And something kind of going along these lines of like knowing and believing, I know we're kind of going on a tangent here with this, but um, I would encourage people, whether they're in the church or out of the church, to read the account of the brother of Jared in the book of Ether in the book of Mormon. In that story, the brother of Jared sees the hand of God touch the stones. And I don't know if you remember this, like maybe it's yeah. been a while since you've like, No, I remember it, but, that. Um, it says something in there and maybe I should have just pulled it up, but um, it says something along the lines of like, he had faith no longer because he knew. Hmm. And I think, you know, the brother of Jared before this time in the story had seen like God in a pillar of fire and he was like being guided and, and gotten to like the ocean, you know, and then all of a sudden they need to cross this ocean to get to America and or the American continent, wherever. Um, but it wasn't until he actually saw the hand of God that like he knew. And then that's when Jesus Christ like showed himself in like the entirety, not just his hand. Like he had faith no longer because he knew. So I think we throw around the term. I know, I know so much in the church when it's like, I think the only people who can claim that they know are those who have actually seen God. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not a bad thing. You can fully just be like, I really, really believe in this. And I think that's great. Yeah. And I'm working towards knowing like I'm, I'm doing everything that I can to know. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm studying, I'm, attending church i'm attending the temple mm-hmm. i'm praying you know yeah. i'm doing everything i can to know but i still don't yeah i i really hope and i believe that these things are true right right that that could potentially be more truthful yeah and i think it is more like true to yourself in a lot of ways you know like you realize like no i really don't know and that's okay on the flip side people leaving the church or outside of the church i don't think they can claim that they know the church isn't Right. You know what I mean? That's a very good point. Yeah. It's on the exact opposite side. Like, can you actually like a hundred percent know that Jesus Christ did not show up to Joseph Smith? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can. Sure. Like, and that might even, that might even be a solid argument, you know, for saying that it's not a valid reason to leave the church saying that you don't know. I mean, potentially. Right. I mean, sure. based on that alone, mm-hmm. because like, you know, if you don't know, then you know, there's still the possibility that it is true. So right. why would you leave? Right. You know, I, sure. that's, that's one way to look at it. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of talked about that yesterday. Last time. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah. So <laughs> through this whole faith journey of mine, I've just come to realize that I really don't know like anything and I love it. You know what I mean? It's strange, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like in the past in the church, I always felt like, oh, I know all these things. Like that's really comforting to know this, you know, like, right. know that after this life, there's the celestial kingdom, the terrestrial, telestial, you know, all this stuff. But I almost feel better now not knowing because it's like now I just get to keep discovering and seeking mm -hmm. and trying to figure it out. You know, I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to get it right. That's something that Brene Brown says a lot. If you know her. Right. Yeah. 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 I've read um, a bit of her stuff. Yeah. yeah. So don't try to be right. Try to get it right. I think. Right. Yeah. That I'm living by a lot. And, and, to. and this is a, this is a hard concept to explain to, you know, a very believing member probably, but this idea that not knowing is empowering and can provide a lot of peace and calm. That's, mm -hmm. that's completely opposite to, yeah. to how I remember feeling, you know, like, I'm so glad that I know this because if I didn't, I would feel lost. Right. Right. And you know, there, there might be a time, you know, when, uh, like when I, when I first felt like I didn't know anymore, it was really scary, mm -hmm. you know, but then I think making peace with the idea that, life is uncertain and and the outcomes after this life are uncertain and then making peace with that you know coming mm -hmm. to terms with that that's where that peace comes yeah. you know um i could probably talk about this for too long i know yeah, <laughs> but too. yeah 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 it's yeah so cognitive dissonance it's it's coming to realize that you don't know things and maybe changing your beliefs about that whether it be more towards the church more like out of the sure. church it can go either way yeah and it could be it could yeah you like you said it could be somewhere in the middle like yeah. it could be like i'm an active attending member but i'm gonna start i'm gonna i'm gonna start acting more how i feel you know like i right. I, I need to i'm gonna correct my speech my language with how i say like i i believe versus i know and yeah yeah. Being more vulnerable. And I think I've noticed in the times I have gone to church since I've left, you know, that there is some vulnerabilities still that, that are kind of becoming more common sure. among church members. And that's pretty inspiring to see, yeah. uh, I think, where people are are sort of starting to correct that cognitive dissonance even inside the church. Right. You know, and I guess I guess to validate those who have left the church. Right. Um, to them, maybe they feel like that cognitive dissonance is so strong between what they believe and and how they act that they can no longer afford to keep attending church. Right. Yeah. Totally. think that's valid. And everyone has to come to their own conclusions or maybe not even a full conclusion, but more of like a, I'm, I'm feeling like this isn't what it actually claims to be. That's where I feel right now. You know, like I'm kind of in this like middle-ish zone, but more on the, yeah, it's not what it is. And you've already started like I, I was there for your talk, you know, and, yeah. and your talk for those who haven't seen it. It's on YouTube. You post it on YouTube. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, Very good talk. Very inspiring talk. I feel like anybody in in the church or out of the church could really be inspired by it because there was there was this this frankness and this depth of just trying to connect with one another, you know, that I, that that's what I gathered from that. And it was, it was cool. I, it, it was chilling. Like I could say that I felt the spirit, you know, for whatever that, I, I don't know what that means to me. Right. But I could say that in, in the context of church, because you, you could feel that unity, you know? Yeah. 
I don't know if I'm making sense here. No, no, that, that doesn't make sense. And Whitney even shared a friend of hers that she was talking today said that she felt the spirit. And this is a very active person in the church, very believing person, like right. during that talk. And like, I'm not trying to make myself an example with that talk or anything like that. I just want people to realize that there's room for those who don't come to the same conclusions or yeah. have this don't know feeling or whatever it is. And I would encourage people to not be afraid of not knowing because right. that just can push you to places that you've never been before. And whether that pushes you into the church further and strengthens your testimony, I think that's a great thing. Or if it pushes you out of the church and you're like, okay, like I'm taking a step back. Like I don't want to be part of this organization anymore. I think that's also a great thing. Mm -hmm. It really does just like help you define yourself mm -hmm. and like what you truly believe. Because I think it is very easy, especially for those who were born and raised in the church. I think maybe converts to the church have a little bit more of like, no, like I really, I really believe this and stuff. But mm -hmm. um, I feel like it'll just make you a better person to question. And yeah, like we sure. said before, like with no expectations of where you should go. Yeah. Just take it at face value, pray, study, find unbiased sources, stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff. And you know, I, I might add, and this might be, this might maybe, maybe just be a suggestion for a conversation we can have another time. Sure. But you know, a good question that I think might be worth addressing at some point is why aren't there more members in the church that like that where, or what is stopping them from being more forthcoming with what they do and don't know, you know, are, are there reasons to be afraid, um, for saying that you don't know something? Yeah. And I, I think there are, I think there are too. I could definitely talk about some of those so. for sure. And me too. And I, and I think that there are negative repercussions in the church. If you say you're in a leadership position and you, you start saying stuff like, I don't really know this, you know, your position might be threatened. Yeah. You know, your, your social standing in the ward, you know, how you're perceived mm -hmm. definitely might be threatened again. Maybe that's something we should talk about another time. Yeah. I don't know, but no, definitely. I think that's a question worth, worth asking for yeah. sure. This is, we could talk about this for a while. So we're going into yeah. this a little bit too much. Let's move on yeah. to another topic, but this is really good stuff. So yeah. Cognitive dissonance. Um, what's something else? Why would, why do you think people leave the church? Yeah. Um, so I wrote a few things down here. Um, w one thing that was big for me, uh, it, you know, is not acting in fear. Um, I think this kind of came later in my faith journey, but I felt like there was a big part of me that you know, almost like that final push, right. To, to kind of, and this might even go along with cognitive dissonance, mm -hmm. right? Like that final push to aligning my beliefs with my actions required a lot of bravery. Yeah. You know, like talking about my, my family and my friends and their perceptions of me and, uh, our relationships. I, I mean, I eventually came to find that I didn't need to be so afraid. Right. Um, but, you know, in the past I had, there had been issues with, um, the way that I believe in my, my, my parents not approving of that. Um, anyway, and, and so I, I think not acting in fear, um, can, can be quite, uh, freeing to, sure. to, to do. So if you like, say, say, you know, that you're ready to leave the church, but you're just too scared, <laughs> you yeah. know, you're, you're afraid of what people are going to say about you, what, what how your relationships are going to be affected. You're standing in the community. Um, and, 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 uh, that final step is to just face your fear and do it. Right. Right. And, 
and I'm, I'm not saying that's for everybody, right? Sure. And, or even circumstances everybody's are different. Everybody's different, right? Yeah. yeah. And for, but for me, there came a time when I was ready to leave. Um, and, and that last thing that was holding me back was fear. Um, it, another reason to be afraid is well, what if I'm wrong? You know, like, yeah. Uh, what if I'm wrong on this and I'm going to end up in the lowest kingdom, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, um, there's, there's a lot of fear-based thinking, uh, whether intentionally or unintentionally, uh, within, you know, sort of embedded in church doctrine. Um, and so freeing yourself of that and facing those fears, I think can be a valid reason for leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Definitely is a freeing feeling for sure. Um, something else I have is like social issues in the church, sure. whether it be past or present. And so some things that I kind of put into this, like social issues would be like LGBTQ plus individuals and how they're right. Their perception in the church. Do you mean like uh, making a stand against those issues? Uh, like the, how the church uh, behaves with, with regards to those issues or do you more, more mean like, I don't feel welcome here. I, I think leave. it can be both on those both. because there's definitely those people who fall into that community. And I think as far as like numbers wise, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, but like they are the minority, right? Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to sexuality, like the majority are heterosexual cisgender. Right. Isn't the, the statistic somewhere like around one in 10? Yeah. I was, I was thinking like, it's like less than 20, but more than 10, I want to say. Yeah, like, yeah. And I think bi is like bisexual individuals are like the highest of that. Okay. I could be wrong. I'm sure. I'm not, LGBTQ. we're not the experts yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so whether it be someone who is an individual in that community and not feeling welcome or someone who like is looking at that and like, I don't feel like that's right. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like that's been something for me. Um, yeah. And I actually, I'm actually made that, uh, as a, as a list item as well, um, okay. for me that, you know, almost like a, a voice of protest mm-hmm. as well, you know, like, and, and I think this, this might be more of a, you know, I, I think in the church when somebody takes their name out, right. That's like, oh man, they are really mad, you know, yeah, or, sure. or, or they have gone so far to the, to the dark side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that they, <laughs> that their, their judgment's so clouded they could take their name out. Right. Right. But in a, in a way, I, I think it can be a form of protest, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, sometimes that's your only way of telling or or signaling to the higher ups of the church that, Hey, I don't agree with this. Yeah. I know with the uh, November, 2015 policy where the church basically said that same sex couples like married same sex couples are apostates. And I'm pretty sure I'm getting this right. So someone correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, married same sex couples are labeled as apostates and their children cannot be baptized until they are, until they were 18. Remember, this policy was rescinded later, but at the time they had to be 18 years old and they had to fully denounce their parents' lifestyle to be able to be baptized into the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know that was upsetting to a lot of people. It was. And I think it took everybody by surprise. I was looking back at some old Facebook posts of myself and I was just like, I don't know about this, but I'm trusting that this is like God's plan. Sure. You know, and I feel like most people are in that category. I even did like a Facebook or an Instagram poll recently, like about this kind of policy and the subsequent reversal of it in 2019 mm-hmm. and a lot of people were just like i don't try to think about it another like common response was like god way god's ways are mysterious you know sure. like he works in mysterious ways we don't know why and 
But I think most people were just like, I don't think this was revelation. Mm -hmm. And if it was like God's, God's ways are higher than our ways. He's doing something, you know, maybe sifting the wheat from the tares or something like that. But at that time, I want to say like thousands of people in protest removed their names from the church officially because of that. Right. And I I think that, I think that idea that, that begs a question, you know, that, that I'm curious about Mm -hmm. and that, and that's like, okay, so you disagree with something, say, you know, the proper channel for, for disagreeing with something is, is the vote of sustainment, right? Sure. Voting. Yeah. Voting in in favor or against uh, a certain proposal. Um, and I, I don't recall if we had the opportunity to vote against that or not. Um, but you know, let's, let's say that the voting, you know, like if the voting worked, right. Um, the church would respond to voting. Right. In some way. Right. right. Like they, they would adjust the like if enough people voted against, you know, that policy, maybe they'd say, oh, OK, well, maybe let's adjust it a little bit. I don't I don't know. Yeah. But that there's a couple of reasons why that doesn't happen. One is because, you know, it's it's quote unquote revelation. Right. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, well, we can't vote on a revelation It's from God, yeah. you know. So then the, then the next item of that is like, well, what's the alternative? What, how else can I, can I raise my voice? Sure. And the only way is to take your name out. Yeah. You know, that's the only way to get the church's attention. Yeah. Unfortunately sure. in some, in some ways. Yeah. You know? And I think whether you believe it or not, like there is a very legitimate, like you could see the reversal in 2019 as it could be revelation. I, I don't want to like, if there is a God that definitely sure. could happen, I don't want to say that I know that it wasn't, you know, but like, I neither. I'm more on the side, like I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Um, but oh, dang it, where was I going? <laughs> um, a very logical reason why they reversed it is because so many people were leaving the church because of it, you know right. what I mean? Or not joining the church because of it or something, sure. you know? And so could, would, could you then say, say, say you were an active member mm-hmm. during that time and you disagreed with that policy and then it eventually got overturned, you know, and knowing that it was most likely thanks to those people who remove their names from the church. Could you then say that that was wrong of those members to remove their name? That's a great question. That's a fair question. <laughs> that is a fair question. And we don't have to say, no, we don't, we don't have to I agree on that. No, I'm just putting it out there yeah, on the exactly. air, you know, yeah. like to, to the listener, <laughs> you know, That's think about thought. that, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So social issues, um, kind of going back to that, we could talk about LGBTQ. I, for a long time and we probably will. I think that's sure. Yeah. Definitely well, absolutely. And hopefully built. we can bring somebody on here, you know, oh, that, yeah. that would know a lot more than us. We definitely. obviously don't know our facts in this, in yeah. this community <laughs> <laughs> particularly, but yeah, you know, uh, we, we know and love people that exactly. are, that identify as LGBTQIA plus. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, let's have yeah. people come on and talk about it. I think going along just really quick with them. One last thing. Um, they are not expected to live the same law of chastity as straight members, cisgender members of the church. And I think if someone is trying to disagree on that, I would just push back just a little bit by saying like, for instance, I've heard the argument before, like, well, what about like single members who are single, like their whole lives, like they're living while of chastity, they're celibate, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, they still have the hope that they can be with someone. You know what I mean? Whereas and if it, that somebody came around, yeah, they, they would act they on it. They actually would be able yeah. to marry that person, you know what I mean? And have a sexual relationship. Or, but on the flip side, it's like a gay individual is being told like you have to be celibate or you have to have a mixed orientation marriage, which that works for some people. I know 
several people in mixed orientation marriages. And as far as I can tell, and as far as what they tell me, like, I believe it when they say that their marriage is working out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I've heard it one way where it's like conflict is only when, you know, expectations were not met, you exactly. know? So if your expectations are on the same page mm-hmm. between both partners, yeah, you that could work. work. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, like they're not being asked to live the same law of chastity just because of that hope. Yeah. Like, straight members can hope for one day like that they can be, or even just like simple things like kissing or holding hands or hugging. And I, that is just like very much up to the Bishop. I feel like in a lot of ways I've heard yeah. some bishops or ex bishops be like, yeah, like that's fine. You know, don't mm-hmm. take it too far. Just like with the straight members. Whereas other bishops are like, no, like that's the appearance of evil or whatever. And mm-hmm. I know there was like some controversy with the honor code at BYU several years ago where like, they kind of were like, okay, like gay couples can hold hands or go on dates and stuff. But then they kind of like went back on that caused a lot of stuff i don't remember exactly the details but yeah anyway that i think that's the reason why people leave and it's a valid reason like for sure it doesn't make sense to a lot of people like if jesus christ is loving and accepting of people yeah why not then yeah and and i think a common misconception for taking your name out of the church is like if you're if you're that mad you don't have the ability to forgive and forget right right so like that that should never occur right like if you get so far and so angry where you're at the point of taking your name out of the church, you just, you've lost the ability to forgive and forget, you know? Yeah. And I don't think it's quite that way. No, I don't think so either. Um, some other social issues we can just touch really quick, like women in the church. Mm-hmm. I feel like in a lot of ways, women are kind of seen as second class citizens. Um, sure. The whole, they don't have the priesthood, especially like during the fifties and sixties, there was much more like the woman is like, the housekeeper kind of role. Like the yeah. church is moving a little bit farther away from that. It still is in the family proclamation that women are generally more the nurturers. Men are more the providers. Yeah. Gender roles. Yeah. Gender yeah. roles. Exactly. So it's, and people have their different views on it. And like, yeah. I don't want to say one family's doing it right. One family's not, you know what I mean? Like right. one's different. True. And I, and I think a counter argument to that, you know, in, in favor of, or not in favor of, but I guess, I guess from, from the perspective of a member of the mm-hmm. church who believes in those gender roles is like, okay, well, if we're happy in these gender roles and we're, we're, we happily accept them and, and live by them, then it's not a problem. Right. right. But it's, I, I guess it's for those who don't feel that way, who, sure. who don't want to accept that and feel like they're pressured to, yeah, and then punished for not, you know, conforming. Mm-hmm. That, that that's where the problems arise. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, another social or social issues is just like race. Um, I'm thinking specifically like blacks mm-hmm. and we just kind of touch on this in our other episode a little bit, you know, yeah. but it wasn't until fairly recently, especially in the church's like history, um, like 85% of the history, they weren't allowed to have the priesthood or go into the temple. Um, kind of along those lines, also the way native Americans, Indians are viewed, they are considered Lamanites, you know, like which in the book of Mormon are like, the filthy loathsome people for the most part, you know, there's several like outliers like Samuel the Lamanite or some other people, but yeah, like there are some racist tones to the book of Mormon and other church teachings, doctrines, scripture, Mm -hmm. and people take issue with that. I I take issue with that in a lot of ways. Yeah, me too. And yeah. Anyway, um, one last social issue going way back is polygamy. Yeah. And I think most members of the church today are just like, you know, WTH. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, honestly, I, 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 I didn't even know that Joseph Smith had several wives. Like when I was on my mission. Sure. I didn't even know that. Yeah. 
I, it wasn't talked about. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a thing that like Brigham Young Institute, yeah, not Joseph Smith. Right. Yeah. And I, th- I think we all as members, at least most of us probably knew that Brigham Young was polygamous, mm-hmm. you know, right. but I didn't know that Joseph Smith was, yeah. you know, or, or I certainly didn't realize to the extent he was, I, sure. I thought maybe he was more, more polygamist on paper. You know, that's, a, that was right. one concept that was tossed around, you know, yeah. that he was just marrying different people so that they could, you know, qualify for celestial glory and those mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, I, I actually had this, so I served my mission in Finland and I had this Finnish guy come up to me on the street one time and he was like, Hey, I, I, I know you guys, you're the Mormons, you know? And I, I recently watched a documentary on you guys. And, uh, did you know that Joseph Smith was polygamous? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, you know? That I was like, anti-Mormon yeah, lie, you, right? you were watching, you know, not fact-based material. Okay. Sure. You know, <laughs> and like, it, it's, it's just, it's almost a little bit humiliating. Mm-hmm. to to look back on that and realize that i was just blatantly wrong you know right. and i was ignorant you yeah. know and i and i would but i was f- i was following the council though you know like i was not looking at anti-material where i would find this information sure which has now become not anti-material and has become fact that he indeed was polygamous yeah if anyone is surprised by us talking about this i would assume there's not too many of you out there but there are the gospel topic essays from the church, which kind of deal with more of these like tough subjects. And the church has fully openly admitted that Joseph Smith had multiple wives. I think the count is like 30 something. And so, that some of them were very young. Yes. Some of them were very young. Some were married to other men. Yeah. Um, so. Hey, and that's not, that's not that's our not job us, here to, yeah, use, to, to stir up. Exactly. You know, to like, make a ruckus, right? Yeah. We're just kind of like throwing it out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is, is something we struggled with. Yes. Yeah, this is yeah. something that we struggle with. And I think if you're going to look deeper into it, look into good sources. Um, there's other podcasts out there that talk all about this, whether for like kind of like defending Joseph Smith's polygamy or like kind of criticizing it. Um, that's not our podcast. So we're not going to be talking right. more about like yeah. details of that stuff, but we're just kind of glazing over glazing things. Over it, just like, yeah, okay, yeah. this is accepted yeah. by the church. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and I guess it goes back to our original question. Is it valid to leave over these issues? I think at least for me, it's not like one issue stands out above all the others. It's right. kind of like a death collection. by a thousand cuts or yeah, something like okay. by a yeah. thousand paper cuts kind of thing where it's just like in totality, like piling all together. It's just like, I, I felt like it was just too much in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, and that's just the conclusions I've come to, you know, I know there are scholars out there who like study this, like way more in depth than myself and they fully believe in the church still. There's also scholars who believe or like, study this way more than myself and don't believe in the church. So it can Mm -hmm. go both ways, you know? And once again, like expectation of outcome, like get educated, I guess is my one, like, that's what I really like want to push for. Like people like learn your stuff Mm -hmm. and come to your own conclusions and you can be yourself. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to expect people to leave the church. I don't want to expect them to stay. So. And, and I, I have a, I have one more question, I guess. Sure. Um, and this would be more towards active members uh, out of genuine curiosity, not trying to criticize or anything like that. But I, I know that, you know, if somebody were to leave over these issues, um, these sort of church historical issues, that there are members out there that would kind of believe about that person that they just simply had, didn't have enough faith. Right. Yeah. Or they were deceived maybe. Or they were deceived. Yeah. Like that, that somehow there was, there was a mistake on that person's part. Right. And that in that it, it was unacceptable to 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 then decide this is not a church I want to be a part of. Definitely. You know, 
And so, and so I guess I, I would wonder, I, I question for, for those members who believe that way would be, it, is there any possibility where, where it would be acceptable for somebody who, who came across these things found or decided that it was not in line with what they had originally believed or had been originally taught mm-hmm. that it would then be acceptable for them to leave. You know, yeah. I, I would, I would wonder, you know, that. Yeah, I would too. And I personally think like it is valid if, you know, like with these claims and stuff and more sensitive topics with social issues or even church history. That's another thing that I kind of talked about, which polygamy kind of ties into that, you know, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think people are valid in leaving over church history, quote unquote problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Issues. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you have something else. I've got something else. So, so <laughs> <laughs> got some times. <laughs> okay. Um, so another, another thing I had, um, written down here, that's, that's maybe going along more with, uh, not acting in fear is, you know, once you've decided not act in fear, you you've left the church or you've decided to not go, you know, for a while. I, I, I think that, you know, you can only learn to manage your life outside of the church if that's your desire by leaving the church, by cutting ties. You know, mm-hmm. like you you can't sort of be half in, half out and fully understand what it's like to be fully out. You know? Sure. Um, and so I guess what I, what I mean that by that is like inviting growth, having a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for for example, I remember recently, you know, my wife and I, we were talking about maybe moving out of state for a job. Um, we ultimately decided not to, but, uh, part of that was like, Hey, we don't go to church anymore. Uh, we, it's kind of nice here in Utah because we have friends both in and out of the church that we're comfortable with. We can, we can, we can be not active members and still have a strong support system. Sure. Um, whereas the idea of moving out of state, you know, every time we had done that in the past, it was like, okay, no biggie. We'll just go to our local ward, you know, but what happens when you when you're not active anymore, right? How how, how do you assimilate to a new environment? Right. Yeah. I I think eventually you need to be brave and, um, assuming your choice is to leave, right. Mm -hmm. You need to be brave and, and put yourself out there in ways that you're not used to anymore. And, and I think that that could be a valid reason for deciding to leave. Yeah, definitely. Or finding another community kind of, yeah. Finding another community community and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. I like that. Another one I had, um, guilt and shame. I, I think mm-hmm. that that's, uh, that, that's another reason why I felt that, you know, in this, we talked about this a lot in the first episode too, but the judgmental culture, sure. um, feeling like you don't belong, feeling like you're bad. You know, if you decide to make different choices that are mainstream, but you're, you're, you're acting in alignment with your beliefs, right? You, you are not having cognitive dissonance. And you're trying to coexist in the church, but you are constantly being reminded of how you don't measure up in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, is that an acceptable reason to leave? I don't know. Is that your I, own perception or that's a good point? Like, you know, I think because I've definitely felt that way in my life. So kind of going along with this, like guilt and shame, something that I wanted to talk about a little bit was just like missions. And if you don't go at the quote unquote acceptable age or normal age, you know, like I left on my mission when I was 22 years old and I grew up in Utah and this was after the age change. So that was like four years later than what most of my peers 
did. You know, most of my peers have been home for one to two years. Yeah. By the time that I left and or coming home from a mission early. Or not serving a mission at all. Like there's definitely like some guilt and shame. At least that I put on myself. I don't think I think I definitely was like maybe painting people more in like a bad light. Like I was just like, oh, like they're judging me. I know they are, you know. Sure. Like almost like a paranoia. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which by me saying that they're judging me is me judging them, which is ironic, right? Sure. Like <laughs> like like maybe nobody was judging yeah, you. Yeah, but I just thought they were. But I or mean maybe that's they still, were. Yeah, or maybe they were. You we'll, know? we'll never know. <laughs> exactly. I never asked them. <laughs> um, but just some things that I definitely did hear a lot was just like, hey, when are you going on your mission? And it was a lot like, well, I've got some teeth problems. That was kind of my excuse. Quote unquote, like, um, which was actually legit. I did have some, like I was missing teeth and hmm. orthodontia and all kinds of stuff. Surgeries. Yeah. So okay. I didn't get that done, but I also wasn't living the standards of the church in a lot of ways. And I wasn't worthy to serve a mission. And I was always just like, well, like working on my teeth or whatever and stuff like that. But then once that got fixed, yeah. it was like, okay, now what's my excuse? You know, like I'm sure. just not ready. Like I, I don't feel prepared or whatever. Yeah. Like you, you felt like it was a threatening environment yeah. enough where you couldn't share the truth and not saying you had to go into any specifics on that. Exactly. But, but maybe like what, what if there was an environment in the church where somebody who was preparing to go on a mission and wasn't quite ready could just say, I'm, I'm not ready and not be judged for it. Yeah. That would be kind of beautiful. Wouldn't it? Yeah, it would for sure. Or just like even asking like, and I've fallen victim to this too, even though I, left on my mission late, I still like ask people like, when are you going? You know, yeah, which yeah. isn't, that's not a good question to ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it can come across as like combative and attacking, you know, sure. like if you're ready to go, it's just like, oh yeah, like I'm putting in my papers next week, you know, but if you're not, then all of a sudden it's just like, well, what do I say? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like whatever I say, like you're going to judge me. I know you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and like, yeah, the alternative is what? Like, I decided not to go on a mission. Yeah. And then like, why? Right. Yeah. That's the next question. Right. Exactly. It's like, let's stop getting into people's business, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's just like take a step back a bit. <laughs> Same with like having like, oh, are you going to have kids? Right. You know, like right after someone gets married. Yeah. Like, oh, when, when's your kid coming? Yeah. Or after you just had a kid, when's the next one? Right. It's like, geez, people, let's just calm down. Right. Yeah. What if, what if somebody said... <laughs> I've actually decided not to multiply and replenish the earth. You right. know? <laughs> and you know, what would you think? You know? Yeah. And I feel like that's probably, I don't, I personally don't think many people think that way in the church. Just right. Because it is so taught to like have big families, but I mean like infertility is a big thing and that's a very yes. sensitive topic yes. and yeah. we're getting into this and people can feel like they're being judged yeah. because they're not having kids. They're not going on a mission. They're not living the standards mm-hmm. of the church. And we keep asking about it. Right. Like, like would a couple who can't have kids feel like they have to disclose that personal information to the public Yeah, for fear that they're being judged for right. not having kids? Yeah. Yet, right. Like get or a, even getting comments, little snarky right, comments. Exactly. You it's know? not like we're wearing t-shirts around. It's like, oh, I had a hysterectomy, you know, like I can't have kids. <laughs> it's like, no, like people, that's like private. Like, yeah, they'll share it with who they want to share it. Right. You don't need to ask. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Let's stop asking those dumb questions because people do feel judged sure. whether it's intentional. The judgment is actually happening or not. Like people are feeling it. But here's a question. So how like say you're genuinely, genuinely curious and you don't you, you know, you, you don't want to make them feel judged. Sure. Right. But you're just curious. You want to know, you know, how, how, how would you how, go about that? Yeah. How would you ask those questions? Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously there's a certain time and place for that. You probably would not in during small talk when you're first getting to know somebody, ask those questions, perhaps. 
But like, say, say I was another young man, right? And I was struggling with the idea of going on a mission as well. And I was just genuinely curious, you know, about, you know, another young man's, you know, inability or, or, or choice not to go on a mission. How would I bring that up in an acceptable way in church without, you know, that being perceived as judgmental? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think maybe just kind of like putting a little introduction with your question. Yeah. Go a long way. Just be like, listen, like I'm not asking this to for you to feel like you have to disclose things that you don't want to or whatever. I'm just genuinely curious. Like, do you want to serve a mission? Yeah. Like if you don't want to talk about it, like let's just drop it. You know, and yeah, people can just yeah. be like, just to have that out. Like, I just don't want to talk about it. Be like, okay, cool. Let's talk about something else. You yeah. know, just like putting in the caveat or like the little like commentary is just like, Hey, listen, like, I'm just genuinely curious. Yeah. Like offering the, the option not to reply. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't have to talk about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, like I realize this is personal. Yeah. And if it is, if it's too personal, then don't. Yeah. Tell me to shut up. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think with kids, maybe that would be still, I don't think there's really an acceptable way to be like, Oh, how many kids like when yeah. having kids next, like, even if like, I'm just genuinely curious. It's like, well, why are you genuinely curious? You know? like, <laughs> that's still kind of weird, you know? Um, yeah, good point. but if you want to talk about something, if you see like, like, I've noticed that you haven't been having kids. Like I personally have been struggling with infertility issues. Like if that's something yeah. you've been dealing with, like, I'd like to talk about that right. with someone, you know, like kind of bring that up. If you're yeah. willing to be a little bit vulnerable, I feel like people can reciprocate that back. Right. You know right. what I mean? Or like, even like for myself, it's like, Hey, listen, like you're not, I mean, you're 19, you're 20 and you haven't gone on a mission yet. I left when I was 22. Yeah. I just want you to know that if you ever want to talk about it, like I'm willing to do that. You know what I mean? Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. coming from a place of like, I don't want to give you advice if you don't want it. Yeah. But I'm here to give it if you do. Just you know, know there's, somebody there's somebody here for you here and for somebody you. rooting exactly. for you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody who doesn't judge you. Exactly. Yeah. I think that can go a long way with that. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I like that idea. Cool. Um, but yeah, feeling judged. Is that a valid reason to leave the church? Yeah, that's a good question because I mean, are you actually being judged or are you not? Yeah. Are you perceiving that's, that you're being judged? That's yeah. a tough one for sure. But I think even just the perception of being judged that like indicates that there is something wrong with the culture. Like if we're feeling like I can't talk about this because I feel like I'm going to be judged, whether it's actually happening or not, mm -hmm. like there's something wrong about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think if someone has left because they've felt like alienated for whatever reason, like, or at least gone inactive, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That is a valid reason. And I can understand that. Sure. I've felt that way in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, so. like it does like, and I think a lot of mem active members could agree on this too, but let's say somebody felt in like they had such low self-esteem about themselves. They felt so judged. They, they felt so bad about themselves and they felt like they just needed to take a break, you yeah. know, for their own mental health. Sure. Is that valid? I think that's totally valid. Yeah. The church very is very high demand. Yeah. I don't think people can argue with that in a lot of ways. Like, you know, we're kind of expected to go every week, whereas other yeah. religions aren't. So we much. are a high demand religion. Yeah. We Absolutely. have callings. We do stuff during the week. We pay 10% tithing. We pay 10% for tithing, like, or 10% for income <laughs> yeah. for tithing and stuff. So to be able to give people the space to be like, okay, like if you want to take a step back, like you do you, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that can go a long way with someone yeah. to try to like build a bridge and be like, listen, like I don't want any judgment on you. Like you, you do what's best for you mm -hmm. and I'm here for you in the church or I'm here for you out of the church. Like whatever. Right. 
however I can help. You know what I mean? And that, I want to add a final point on this. Sure. Um, and I promise I'll shut up after that. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> but you know, I, I think that, 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 that could be, a, that's another reason I wrote down actually for, you know, is that valid or not to leave the church for this? But it, the idea that somebody could leave the church out of the desire to, to, to be on the same level as, as everyone else around them. Sure. You know, like, and I think you could probably do that. It's, it's an adjustment in the mind, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I personally, at least I, I, I didn't leave for this reason, but I felt as I left that, Hey, now I'm, I'm one of everybody else. Yeah. You know, I fit in a little bit more around. I fit right? more, I fit in, but I also don't judge anyone, yeah, you know, like sure. I, I don't know what the right way is. Yeah. So how can I tell you that there's a right way and mm-hmm. how can I judge you for your way of life? Yeah. You know, not saying that I'd never judge anyone. Right. Right. But I think it, it, there's a lot more ease with that process from leaving. And I'm not sure if that's a reason to leave or a benefit from leaving. If you can call it a benefit, <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's worth bringing up. Yeah, I think so too. I definitely have felt that way. Like I can relate to people outside of the church better. Yeah. I can learn from others. Yes, exactly. And not saying that you have to leave the church to be able to do that. Like you said, it's a right. more of a mentality. Kind yeah. Of thing. More mentality. Um, but there is something to be said about it for sure. I think. And yeah, I'm, I'm hearing like the, the counter argument, like don't be rolling in the, like you don't need to, yeah, you don't need to, you don't need, you don't need to, to roll around the mud to know the, yeah, the pigs are, you know what That's I mean? a good point. Like, yeah. You don't need to lower your own standards yeah. to, you know, still have a relation, a positive relationship exactly. with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, not, yeah. I don't need to be homeless to right, relate right, to right. the homeless, I guess. I yeah. I mean, maybe to relate to them, yeah, but to, to be kind to them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I just want to say, I use that analogy of rolling in the mud with pigs. I'm not referring to anybody as a pig. Just throwing that out there. Like that, that was a bad analogy. I'm yeah. sorry for using that. That was not okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to stop talking about that. <laughs> um, so I apologize. Um, okay. We're kind of running out of time. Is there a couple... I'm done. Last minute yeah. ones that you got? No, nah, I got everything I wanted to say. Okay. I got like one more. <laughs> All right. And this just kind of goes back to the church history, like truth claims kind of thing. Okay. Like if you take a step back and just kind of look at the church, like what they do actually claim, whether you're in the church or out, like they claim some very strong things, like very bold. You know what I mean? The church they, does? The church does. Okay. Or the doctrine does or certain things. Like they okay. claim that the, they are the church of Jesus Christ on the earth. You know what I mean? The only one, the only, like the only, the only true, true one, one or yeah. the only fullness of, or like he is president Nelson is the mouthpiece of Jesus Christ on yeah. the earth. You know what I mean? Like that's a bold claim. If you just take a step back and like, look at it, like, mm-hmm. and people take issue with that sometimes, like just thinking about it a little bit more. Like I was just like, I, can we, can we actually claim that? And I came to the realization that I believe that they can't mm-hmm. make those claims. Um, that's just me not mm-hmm. saying other people have to agree with me or disagree, but right. that's it, a tricky one. That's a big one. You know, like yeah. the true church and like kind of, we talked about last time, it's like, we have the fullness we want to add to, but it's also the other side is like others are seen less than because right. of that. But that's also like the main selling point of mm-hmm. our church, which, For sure. you know, it's like we have the priesthood well, authority. Yeah. Why would you, why would you leave another, uh, denomination that you're happy with? Well, because we, we have a living prophet, right? Like we, we have active evolving truth when right. other, when Restored others don't. priesthood keys and yeah, ordinances yeah, and all this yeah. stuff, right? So if you were to take that away, 
it almost kind of rips out the rug from underneath the church. Right. Yeah. And that, that's, that's where I feel like it's tricky. Not that I disagree with you, but if I were an active member and I was trying to adhere to these beliefs strongly, that would be one that I couldn't really give up. Yeah. 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 It's, it's tough for sure. It is. And I think people coming to that realization is like, Oh, I don't, I don't know if we can make that claim. And then the church kind of doubling down on it sometimes like that's what causes, like yeah. we talked about this several weeks ago. I want to say like yeah, if yeah. the church just took away that claim that like we are the fullness of the church or the truth or whatever, mm-hmm. I feel like people would feel way more comfortable about joining the church mm-hmm. feeling like, okay, but there'd be know, a lot of people who leave too. Be a lot of people leave <laughs> yeah. too. Exactly. Yeah, so it's this yeah. hard like line and yeah. we'll see what happens in the future. You know, like, that's a, that's a good hypothetical question to our listeners, you know, yeah. like it, if let's say tomorrow, president Nelson was like, Hey, you know, we just want to say that we are a good, we are doing the best we can, but we are not like, we are not Christ's only mouthpiece, Right. not saying we aren't his mouthpiece. We're just not the only one, yeah. you know, we feel like we're inspired from God. Yeah. Like we're inspired from God, but so are many others. Exactly. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. How would you react? You know? Yeah. That's a, that's a nice hypothetical. A, that is a nice hypothetical. And I feel like depending on where you kind of fall in the spectrum, like you would react differently. Like I would be like all for that. For I'd sure. Be like, yeah. I'd be like, I'm, I'm going back. back. Yeah. You know yeah. Me mean? too. Like, me 100%. too. Whereas like there would be other people. It's just like, well, shoot. Yeah. Like my mind's blown that, <laughs> yeah. you know, everything was like, built on this restoration. Exactly. You know? yep. yep. So it's interesting. That's a great question. A great hypothetical. Yeah. Maybe um, it's too uncomfortable for some to imagine and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay too. Yeah. Like if, I said, if, if, yeah, we're not here to re- tear down. Exactly. If we yeah. said something, if we're saying something that you don't agree yeah. with, feel free to turn us off and tune into a different episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, just like the truth claims and like other kind of history problems, like the book of Abraham, the Joseph Smith translating the book of Mormon through a seer stone and not the Urim and Thummim, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like people, take issue with that, whether it be because they feel like the church was hiding things. And I think you can present evidence on both sides that the church was not hiding stuff and the church was hiding stuff. Yeah. Like I said, we don't want to go into that on this podcast, but sure. I think there, I've seen evidence on both sides for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just like those claims, it's just like, well, did Joseph, like Joseph Smith claim to have seen God and Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like people take issue with that and, we need yeah. to realize that they're valid in taking issue with it at the very least valid in leaving. I think people have their reasons and yeah, they're validated in that as well, you know? So yeah, I guess just kind of like wrapping all this up is sure. just like realizing that what you believe may not be the same as what someone else believes. Yeah. And, and maybe even being slightly willing to give a little, not, not on your own yeah. beliefs, but maybe being like, Hey, you know, if, if I were another person in a unique circumstance, with unique set of events that occurred in my life, you know, hypothetically, could I understand somebody leaving if those things happen? Exactly. Right. Something big I've been trying to like a mantra I've been telling myself lately is just like when someone tells me that they fully believe in the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, and they want to follow it. I say, I believe you. You know what I mean? I believe you when you say that. Yeah. Like I, I don't think you're lying to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just kind of expect the same respect when. Yeah. I say that I don't think they are what they claim to be. Yep. I just want other people to be like, I believe you when you say that, like that's all I ask. Yeah. And you know, I think that's, that's a really good point to make that this goes both ways. Exactly. It does go both ways. I think in this episode, we're trying to make the case for it being, you know, um, 
acceptable, I guess, or, or valid for somebody to leave. Um, but you know, I, I know there are members out there who feel judged and unaccepted for being members. You know, just the other day I was talking to the missionaries and they were telling me about how many people that just get so upset at them for no reason. They're, they're like, they don't know me personally. Yeah. You know, they just, they're just upset about the church, right. you know, they see the black name tag and see the church's name. Yeah. And they're like, I don't want anything. To yeah. Do and they get right? so mad at them. And it's, yeah, like, it's like, well, yeah, like what, why would you judge those two young men for their reasons? And I won't go into their reasons for why they went on missions because they told me and I was I was deeply touched yeah. by their reasons. I heard know? some of it, too, before I had to. Leave yeah. And- yeah. And so I, I think that's like, well, yeah. Why can't we both approach each other that way? Mm-hmm. You know, just have this expectation of like you are validated in believing what you believe. Yeah. And I. I can't say otherwise. I can't say otherwise. And. Can I still love you for it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, that's I the can. biggest question. I can right? love, like, I would hope that people <laughs> can tell themselves, like, I can still love you for what you believe. Yeah. On either side, you know, it goes back and forth. Once again, that Brene Brown mantra, like she says, I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to get it right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I like that. just saying, like, I know I'm right and you're wrong. That just tears relationships apart. And it's not a good thing to say. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter where you're coming from, whether outside the church or inside, like knowing that you're right. I would question that. I'd be like, do you know? Do you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think you can claim that. Yeah. Well said. And it's okay. Yeah. Right. So I think that's a good uh, place to put a period right right, there. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We're just under an hour. So this one was, I think a little bit longer than our other one. I feel like this one was a little bit tougher than our last episode. Yeah. I feel like it was harder to pinpoint like certain things because it really is like so much. And everyone's faith journey is so different. And for me, it was hard to really, you know, decide within myself, like, are these valid reasons or not? You yeah, know, like, right? I, I think it was a bit more of a gray area for me personally, even Definitely. though I am out, you know, mm-hmm. than these valid reasons for staying. Right. You know? And I'm still technically in the church, you know, yeah, I'm still technically yeah. a member and I'm attending frequently enough, you know? Yeah. So people fall all along the spectrum of Mormonism and their beliefs and stuff. And we just need to be able to respect each other for where they're at Amen. and listen to them, listen to their story. And it, when you're talking, I think this will probably be, I wanted this to be maybe our next episodes, like not to be combative and not to be defensive. Yeah. And that is again, going both ways because yeah, it's very easy to be combative and try to drag people to your side or to be defensive and be like, well, listen, like, yeah, you're coming at me. Like I need to, stand my ground and all this stuff. And I don't think that's a great way to have a conversation. No. And we can both be guilty of that. Yeah. I've been guilty of that on both sides. Mm-hmm. I will Same. admit. Same. I will admit. Yeah. So anyway, we hope that you will continue to tune in and listen to this podcast as you try strive to build bridges between people. Thanks for listening guys. Yeah. Have a good one and we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.